Join Greenbook at the 2024 Insight Innovation Exchange Conference Series. IIEX is your global hub for connections, inspiration, and innovative solutions in market research. Visit greenbook.org events to learn more about events in Asia, the Americas, and Europe. Use the code podcast for 20% off general admission on all upcoming events. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Dig Insights. Using decision science, Dig Insights helps researchers at the world's most well-loved brands drive growth in crowded categories. Their work is supported by proprietary technology, including Upside, the only ResTech platform exclusively built to test and optimize innovation. Learn more at diginsights.com. Welcome to another episode of the Green Book Podcast. I am Karen Lynch, happy to be hosting this episode today and talking to one of my favorite people in the world, a person that I only met within the last year. So I'm super excited to introduce you all to Jeannie Walter. She is, again, a fast friend that I met at the Qualtrics event earlier this year. We were both in the media room talking to one another and Within the first few minutes of us meeting, I realized I found a, a kindred spirit, and we enjoyed not only the rest of the, the week together, but a lot of social time as well. I'm so excited to have her on this show. Jeannie, for those of you who have not heard of her yet, although thousands of you have, she is deeply immersed into the CX industry. She is the CEO of a company called Experience Investigator. She's also their chief experience investigator, which really works to bring the world of customer experience to a lot of different people who are looking to change up either their approach to it, how they work with their own customers to improve the experiences from soup to nuts. But Jeannie is also a LinkedIn learning instructor. She has been a featured expert for NPR and the Wall Street Journal and gazillion other media channels. She's currently hosting a podcast herself called Experience Action. She has another podcast that, um, using her words, you know, the, the sun has gone down on now called Crack the Customer Code. She is all that and a bag of chips. I'm going to let her tell you the rest of the details, but Jeannie, welcome to our show. Oh my gosh, I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy to just spend more time with you, Karen, and uh, really, you know, share as much as I can with your audience. But yeah, it's been a ride. I've been in the customer experience world for more than 20 years. I started this company in 2009, and part of what I was seeing was that a lot of customer experience was talk and not action. And so we really help our clients understand how to create the right mindset, strategy, and business discipline around customer experience so that they can see the business results that we want. So we do a lot of that. And you mentioned the LinkedIn learning and speaking and different things like that. So it's a lot of fun. And you have this great newsletter. And if, if y'all had seen us at the Qualtrics event, for example, you know, when she had tweeted something out and they put it up live on the big screen and I'm like, I think she's kind of a big deal. <laughs> like, I, like, 
I'm thinking to myself, I think I met somebody who's kind of a big deal. I think I was sitting so. there in disbelief that it was my tweet and you were elbowing me saying, no, it's you, it's you. <laughs> no, it's you, it's really you. It was like we were on the Megatron at yeah. a ball field, right? And we're looking up and we're pointing to ourselves on That's some right, levels. that was a surreal moment. Yeah. <laughs> it's fantastic. And we're like, stand yeah. up, stand up. Anyway, I, you just shared something about yourself too when you, when you talked about, I had the same reaction as I had then when you said you've been in the CX field for 20 years, because I have this or had this, I've been on a learning adventure, had this disconnect as an insights professional saying, you've been in that field. Isn't that field a part of our field? Aren't we all sort of doing customer experience work on some level? Um, you know, I, I know there's overlap with, you know, the user experience and the patient experience and how is this? I was really having like this meta moment of trying to understand what I didn't know. And and there you were, and you were like, oh, Karen. You were, <laughs> you were you're very sweet. Let me tell you more. So can you just big picture connect some dots to our audience, which is largely insights and analytics mm-hmm. professionals? Yeah. Well, first of all, I mean, thank you, everybody who's listening for all the work you do, because it is absolutely critical to customer experience. Now, the way I define customer experience and the way I look at it as kind of a an industry, if you will, or a business, is that customer experience is really about the entire end-to-end journey that a customer has with your brand. So that's everything from before they even become aware to all the all the way through, either they're a customer for life or they've left you, right? And they're telling all their friends why. And so what we do is we really look at customer experience as a strategic part of any business. Typically, unfortunately, the way it's been kind of approached is there was this big movement towards customer feedback and collecting it. And that is absolutely vital, but you have to do something with that. And a lot of times there was a lot of emphasis on the collection but not the acting on it. And you also have to like figure out what what is this doing for the business, right? Like we ha- we are in the business of m- making money and getting results and all those things. And so we help our our clients and we have a framework actually that is around three four areas of the customer experience and the first one is intentional success, like how do you define success? Customer collaboration and that's where you need that feedback, you need those metrics, you need all that. Cultural commitment, because the employee experience and the culture has a direct impact on the external experience for customers. And then experiential innovation. And this is where I think most organizations never get to this, but the ones who do, they've been the disruptors of the last decade plus. So it's an exciting space. It's a little more complicated than I think people give it credit for. I think of it as like a mosaic. We have to put all of these pieces together to come up with that big picture and really drive the results and make sure we're treating it like a part of business because that's exactly what it is. And it seems to me, again, my current understanding now, largely thanks to you, is that insights can inform many of those initiatives. I feel like when I first started in this industry, for example, you know, insights informed maybe marketing teams, right? It was all about marketing research and and maybe some of the strategic initiatives going on within an organization, maybe. But I think for companies that have solid CX programming in place where they've started to realize that there's these 
you know, touch points from pre-use to post-use, if there is a post-use. And insights really informs all of that. So the world of CX is actually much bigger than the insights and analytics world. And I found that like one of my big ahas, like, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> but I think, I mean, I think you bring up a great point because one of the first clients that we had when I started this business, they came to me, for, it was the leader of the customer insights team. And she was kind of like, listen, we know we're getting great stuff. We have this great research department, all of this, but we can't really figure out how to present to our leaders, what do we do with all of this in a way that will drive action, drive results? And so I think that there is this really, and I mean, in research in general, you have to have quant and qual, right? Like this is the same thing. You have to make sure you're intentional about what you're trying to do and then leverage those insights. And I always tell my clients too, like we have some really wonderful partners on that, but I mean, we're built differently. Like there are people who are wired really well for one and not for the other. And so you really need to build those kind of collaborations with those insights teams. That is absolutely critical. Yeah. And I, I know that there's probably some of you, if you're on one of those insights teams at a brand and you're listening right now and you're thinking, but we don't have a CX structure in place at our organization. So those are, you know, many of the people who are charged with, well, we have to do our journey map and we have to, you know, do some of that work to help tap into what the user or customer or patient or shopper or whoever it is. Like, that's part of why you're charged with a lot of these tasks. And so lucky are the ones that have CX teams in place they can collaborate with, but they don't always sit next to each other. No, they don't. <laughs> no, they don't. And honestly, we we talk about how there are CX change agents in these organizations who don't have CX titles, who don't, you know, they, they are on the insights team. They're sometimes part of HR or digital or whatever. And they're looking around thinking there's a better way to do this. And so it's it's sometimes, and I think I said this at Qualtrics because I, I did a panel there with some folks and I said, you know, every CX team has started with one CX change agent, somebody who is looking around saying, okay, it's great that we've got all these pieces and all these teams. How do we make sure we're putting them together and kind of prioritizing the right efforts so that we can really deliver for the customers and then ultimately see those business results? Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. So so speaking of, I would like an education into one aspect of the CX world that I never even thought to ask you last year. But let's talk about the acronym at the end of your, you know, your name, the the CCXP. And whenever I look at that, and I'm like, okay, I understand it. I've, you know, looked it up and I've said, all right, I get it. Tell us what, tell our audience what, what that certification is and what goes into getting that certification. Like, what's that about? Sure. Yeah. Well, I am a charter member of an association called the Customer Experience Professionals Association, the CXPA. And it really is for professionals who do this work with or without the title sometimes. But several years ago, they decided, you know what, we need to make sure that we're treating this as a discipline, as you know, we're identifying best practices, all of those things. And so they created this certification called the Certified Customer Experience Professional. And essentially, they're, you know, at the time, I think they had six competencies. I think that's changed to five, but it's a proctored exam. You know, you have to study for it. You have to go in and, and take it in a supervised way. And it really is about understanding these different parts of customer experience, the strategic part, the measurement and metrics and insights, 
the cultural change that you have to make? How do you get leadership by and all of those different things? And so it's what I like about it. And the reason that I'm committed to continuing, you know, keeping that certification is because it's not about one kind of program, one kind of technology, because there are other certifications out there that are based more on kind of brands. But this is the one that is more about the discipline of it. We actually started something at our company called Flight School, and that's different than the CCXP, but it's also to really empower people to take those first steps. Because I believe that if you don't get that mindset strategy discipline as that foundational piece, everything becomes tactical. So these leaders are told like, hey, we need a journey map. You look like you know the customer. Like, come on in, do a journey map. We need to improve our customer experience. Hey, Bob from marketing, (laughs) right? Like you talk about the customer a lot. And so it's really like a lot of these leaders are not in the greatest positions. And just as business people, we have not been taught to think this way. The example I use is that a traditional business plan, it's all about acquisition of customers in the beginning. It's about marketing and sales. And then you literally turn the page and it's all internally focused on operations. And so we kind of forget the customers there. So we really do need to kind of shift our thinking because the best organizations, the ones that win no matter what, always invest in customer experience. And we just haven't gotten there. Like people don't understand it as just part of the business. So what happens is these CX teams don't define what success looks like. And so in a year, they may have been collecting a lot of customer surveys. They may have been doing certain things, but in a year, they're leader looks at them and says, well, I don't really know what this is doing. So I guess CX doesn't work, which is ridiculous. Mm, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it is. Well, and what's interesting about what you're saying, I'm sure, you know, I have a lot of friends in the qualitative research space, and we've often talked about the times when a client would come to us as researchers and say, hey, we need some research. We need a journey map. And they come to us to create the journey map based on some research that we can execute. And So this conversation is reminding me of the reason why it feels like a bit of a disconnect for us, because we can do it. We can do the work with the group of individuals that we talk with, but it seems like we're missing pieces of the puzzle. And and based on this current conversation, I'm like, it's because we are (laughs) missing pieces of the puzzle. You know, my mother always told me, if it feels like you don't have the full picture, it's because you don't have the full picture. (laughs) Wise advice. Yeah. I think, and I think you bring up a really interesting point because research is often very defined, right? Like we are looking at this part or we are looking at this thing. And that is really wonderful for that part of the journey. But what, I love about journey mapping is it leads to more questions that we want answered. And so then you can start defining like, where else do we need to dig in? Where else do we need to find this out? What happens if we make a change? How can we go back and verify that that was good for customers? All of that ties together, but it's not, I I mean, the one of the big challenges about customer experience is that it's really hard to say like, hey, one team owns the customer experience. You can't say that. Every single person in the organization has an impact on it. But I also kind of bristle when people go, well, it's everybody's job. And I'm like, when you say it's everybody's job, it becomes nobody's job really quickly. So it's this balance of really building those cross-functional collaborations and being really honest and open about like, 
here's what we're doing. Here's where I would love your expertise and your input and engagement, because that's how you get the best information, right? That's by listening to all those points of input. Yeah. Uh, there is so my, my brain right now is also exploding with like personal insights for even a small business, right? Like you think about a small business, I will call us out and say like Green Book, for example, you know, I know that it's easy to think that our sales team kind of owns the customer experience, but our content team frequently interacts with our customers for whether it's about speaking or podcasts or webinars or, or whatever else we're doing. And our events team certainly interacts with, with them and our marketing team does too when it comes to webinar production and what have you. So, I mean, even if you think about a small business, very small like ours, customer experience is really encompassing of everything that we do. And I just don't know that even we have sort of tied it all together that way. We don't look at it that way. It's not our approach, but it is a, an approach that's relevant to all sizes. Right, right. And I sometimes what I talk about with customer journeys too is we often on the inside of the organization create the journey, I call it journey by org chart, <laughs> where we basically say, okay, so if you're going to go through the sales process, you know, you're going to you're going to be wooed, we're going to be so nice to you, all these things. And then the minute that they sign up, we're like, here's a contract that tells you all the horrible things you will we will do if you don't pay, right? Like it, the tone changes. And then we say, "Oh, you can't talk to your salesperson anymore. You've got to talk to your account manager or you've got to use this or whatever." And if it's not really looked at from the customer's perspective, it's very easy to talk ourselves into like, oh, the process is working because it's working on the inside. But what we're not seeing are all the customers we're not even getting because it's not a great experience for them. And we've all had these experiences as customers, right? So it's just like a different way of thinking that most business people have not really seen as how to run a business. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Thank you so much. So, you, you know, I'll, I'll I'll put a plug in for your your newsletter at this point because I love reading it and you know, you cover this holistic it it's you cover a lot of topics but with this holistic lens over over all things. It really is business strategy and I love it. So, shout out, but at the end I'm going to ask you to share with people how they can get in touch with you and, and all that. But we'll include how they can sign up for this newsletter. But one of the newsletters that you put out recently is so on topic and on trend. So we really do want to talk about it. We want to talk about AI a bit. And actually, you've had more than one recently, because I think I just saw another one that you just, you know, put out too. So obviously, AI is all the all the buzz in the insights industry as it is elsewhere. So just give us a little bit of perspective about what's on your radar when it comes to AI and CX. Yeah. Well, I think there are two sides to this coin. One is what do we do on the inside of the organization to leverage AI the right way? And then on the other side of the coin is what will customers do in the future with AI? And what can they, how will that change the customer journey? So, you know, on the inside of the organization, I'm actually very excited about the potential here because part of what customers tell us is I want to be seen and recognized for who I am and where I am on the journey. And I think we've all had that experience where you try to chat and all of a sudden you realize you're in this cycle and you can't get out. And so you just call and you're like, oh, and they have no idea that you've just been on that chat. They have no idea what you went through. I think when AI is going to be used well, it's going to be, first of all, helping the humans who are serving customers have the right information at the right moment 
so that if you did make that call, I could say, oh, Karen, I saw you were just on chat. That didn't work. Let me help you. So that there's like this immediate sense of reassurance. And then also we love, you know, when personalized experiences happen as customers. And the way to do that is to really leverage AI to say, you know what, it looks like you're having trouble here. Here's what I would do next. Or, wow, those boots look great on you. How about these boots, right? Like (laughs) for your next purchase. But I think the more that we can tap into that, the challenge that I'm seeing right now is that instead of starting with strategy and starting with the big question of, what is the problem we're trying to solve with AI? People are just saying, let's use AI. It's so exciting. And that leads into not considering things like customer data privacy and, you know, allowing them the right information and transparency so they can control that and all sorts of things. So there's a big thing happening there. And then on the flip side, I think customers now are thinking, well, what could I do, right? Like, how can I use this? We're using AI to plan trips now. We're using AI to you know, find gifts for our spouses, all sorts of things. And so I think that organizations need to really think about that aspect of it and then meet the customer where they are there as well. So it's a big, huge, open thing. But I think we just have to go in with an appropriate sense of caution, an appropriate sense of, you know, let's make sure that this is working before we roll it out everywhere. But I also think that the expectations are there. Customers are expecting personalized experiences. They are expecting, you know, things to take less time and to be when they want it available. So there's some cool stuff out there already. And I think now it's just a matter of evolving with intention. We're going to take a quick pause to highlight our podcast partner, Dig Insights. Have you listened to Dig In? It's the podcast brought to you by Dig Insights, designed for brand professionals that crave innovation inspiration. Each week, Dig invites a business leader onto the podcast to spill the beans on the story behind some of the coolest innovations on the market. Search Dig In wherever you get your podcasts. I love that so much. And I love thinking about the examples. You're spot on about the trips. I mean, you know, I'm I'm on vacation in the White Mountains of New Hampshire. What should I do today? Like, literally, I I am a fan of asking ChatGPT a lot of ridiculous questions. And, you know, or, or not so ridiculous. We're in Amsterdam for 48 hours. What are the must-sees? Like, it, it has become a personal assistant to me, a person who wishes they could have a personal assistant but doesn't live that kind of lifestyle. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's, <laughs> if it could make me a cup of coffee, I think we'd be in business. <laughs> <laughs> You're absolutely right. And I think the other part of that is that, you know, as customers get more used to it in that way, they're going to move away from some of the more traditional things. And so, A lot of clients come to me and I say, well, how do customers discover you? And they say things like, well, they they go to our website. And I'm like, well, no, they don't start there, right? They're starting with a question. They're starting with something they want to do. They're starting with a goal. And so the really fascinating part about looking at ChatGPT is people are starting there. They're not searching in the same way. They're starting with, this is the outcome I want. How can you help me? And it's a very different kind of conversation. And so I think the that's why customer education is so important right now. Like, make it easy for customers to use your products and services. Make it less intimidating. Make it effortless. I just did a keynote this week, and I talked about how Steinway, the piano company, they understand, like, 
you don't go in, you know, on a whim and buy a $50,000 piano. <laughs> I mean, some of you might, but that's not <laughs> me. <laughs> and so they, they realized that and they realized that part of it was people were too intimidated to actually walk in because they felt like, I don't even know about this. So they created all these buying guides, like here's how you do it. Here's what you're actually purchasing. It's an heirloom piece, you know, that you're going to have forever. This is the history, whatever. And it really did help people feel more comfortable to just walk in the store. So this whole combination of like the digital and the real life, it kind of kills me when people are like, we're studying digital customers. I'm like, I don't know anybody who walks around saying they're a digital customer, right? We use what is most convenient in the moment situationally. And so we have to look at that omni-channel, you know, holistic approach as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, really cool examples. And and interesting, again, when we would jostle back and forth between being consumers, users, whoever we are, like, you know, the people that we are outside of our, our jobs, and then we put on our professional hat. It's I love that bounce back and forth because I'm like, yes, I can totally relate to that. Not the piano buying, although I have a <laughs> sister, although I have a sister who is in the market for probably her third piano at this point. She's a um she's a pianist. But anyway, I could we could we could talk pianos almost any time <laughs> because she's anyway something else. So one of the questions that we have for you actually is is still around this this AI space. We'll stay there for a few more minutes. And you know in your newsletter, you post the question, what will drive selection and promotion within the AI landscape? And in some of the consulting that you're doing with, you know, kind of CX, CX agents of change in organizations, how are you helping them through that, right? How they're choosing, how they're selecting, how they're even researching, how they know where to start. What, what are your, some of the things that you're doing to help people in that, in that area? Well, it's funny, we throw around the term AI, and it's the this huge ecosystem. And it means so many different things. And I think the the angle that I keep kind of coming back to is, again, what are we trying to do? And I was talking to a client who they were trying to make things, you know, more convenient and easier for their customers. And so we talked about how, what does that mean for them? Well, they were a financial organization and people had to call in and, you know, get their balance. Some people did that 10 times a week. And so what we realized was if we could use AI to improve that just a smidge, <laughs> that was actually going to make things more convenient. So we looked at like voice AI. So instead of pressing the buttons or saying, check my account and getting the robot, they had this natural language model that we could Somebody could just call and say, I want to check my balance without going through any sort of menu. And it was great. It literally reduced the time of the calls. And so customers were very happy. It was much more efficient on the organizational level. And so I think that's a good example of like, you have to start understanding what is it people are trying to do and then meet them there. And then I think the other side of this is just like we talked about, Customers will start using this for their own selection process. So how do you show up in those queries? How do you make sure that your content online is searchable for these models? Because if you want to be in front of customers, you have to make sure your data is out there. So it's this like tightrope where you don't want to give away too much, but you also need to be out there in a different way digitally so that, you know, the robots can get the content when they need it. And I am so not like, I don't want to position myself as like the 
person who's coding AI because I am not. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. No, I see that. (laughs) Well, what's interesting about that also is, you know, navigating this world, I have, I I track, we track, you know, new product launches a lot. You know, there's several of us here who subscribe to Product Hunt, the newsletter that kind of shares new products that are coming out all the time. And I have frequently thought I need kind of an AI platform to help me find the right AI platform right now. And I'm like, ChatGPT is not up to date, right? No, it's Uh, not. You know, for example, we as a, one of our production kind of operation places is looking at content that is submitted to us for publication. And we already have a plagiarism checker in place. And one of the thoughts I had at one point was we need to get an AI checker to work with our plagiarism checker to make sure that we're not just getting articles authored by AI. And I was like, I need to know instantly all of the tools that are now doing that. And and I'm like, there is no AI to help me find the AI tool I need. So... <laughs> So that's a thing, right? There's it's it feels real to me in this space that we just don't know what all the possibilities are. You're so right. And I think the other thing that I'm seeing, and I could be wrong on this, but a lot of the tools available today are simply built on top of chat GPT. And so I think there's going to be a big shakeout in the next few years because there are so many who are it's kind of like what happened when everybody was building their communities on platforms they didn't own, right? And then they change the rules and suddenly it's like, whoa, we don't have the access to people we thought or we don't have as many people or they're all bots or whatever. And so I think with this, the same thing's gonna happen where there's a lot of technology being built on the same foundational piece and that's not going to be sustainable for many of them. And so there's going to be a lot of like mergers and acquisitions, there will be some that just shake out And I think right now there are some really smart people working on models that we can't even imagine right now. And then there's also the question of like ethical data collection. And we're going through that whole thing with voices. I brought up voices. There's this whole discussion on, you know, you can't really use AI to do like children's voices because we don't know where that is coming from. And so we don't want to participate in that if it's something that, you know, we wouldn't participate it if it were not presented as AI. So there are some big questions I think we're grappling with. And I think that we're going to see some shakeout on these tools in the next few years. Yeah, really interesting to think about. And, you know, it brings me back kind of full circle to one of the one of the questions I often ask people in the beginning is, you know, how did you get to be kind of a leader in your field? And while I would love to kind of go back to that for a minute, I also am putting that together with how is it that you also continue to grow your knowledge in this field? So to me, the bigger question really is, Jeannie, what are some of the qualities you possess or some of the kind of natural tendencies that you have that A, brought you to be a leader in the CX space as it grew, and then also are keeping you stay abreast and current right now? What do you think? Uh, Thank you for that. Yeah, I think a big part of I mean, I, I'm curious, and I think curiosity is a big part of what we need to grow. And I'm sure you've run into this where somebody will be maybe in, even like a, in the C-suite of a brand of a you know big organization for many, many years, and then you talk to them and you realize they're really far behind because they don't have to be current. They just have to kind of execute. I feel like it's my job for my clients to stay ahead 
So, but I think, you know, I've always been a writer. I started writing my blog right away. So there are hundreds of articles now and we do videos. And I think teaching is such a powerful way to learn. And so I'm always trying to figure out like, what do people need to know? And then that helps me really stay connected. And I think the other thing, and I mean, this goes hand in hand with CX, like I have to make kind of big connections between things. And so I get fascinated by something like AI or something like, you know, I look a lot at what are the employment trends, like what's happening in the employee market, because that will impact the teams and that will impact the experience that the customer has. So I'm I'm constantly kind of looking for those things too. But I think I I have a funny story a couple of years ago, somebody called me and said, I want to be a thought leader in the space. And I had never thought of myself that way. And she said, how did you do it? And I sat there for a minute and I said, well, I guess I just shared my thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is a excellent soundbite because, <laughs> you know, we tell people when we offer them speaking spots at our events, for example, like what we really want is your thought leadership. We, we do not want you to regurgitate your company's features or benefits. That is not what we want. We want you to show that you think that is not as intuitive as it seems to people like you and myself. It's a, it's a struggle for a lot of people. It is. And I think sometimes we've, we've put parameters or limitations on people in that regard. In some organizations, they're told they have to kind of stay within that box. And that's a shame because I think we all learn from each other. And the more like you can be open and generous with it, I think it just makes a better world. And You've heard me say this, but the mission of my company has, is to create fewer ruined days for customers. And the reason is because I really feel like that makes a better world. And so if we can like connect the dots and be open and share what we know, then everybody benefits. And how cool is that? Everybody wins. I love it so much. Yeah, no, I think it's it's just such a great thing to think about. And as soon as you said it, I once again put on my person hat and I think, oh, it's so true how an, an experience with a company brand service provider or employer can ruin your day. Like it's, it is, life is just too short to have a single day ruined. Amen. So yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it's like a big mission. Like if anybody wonders if their work has value, let's give it value by not raining on anyone's parade. That's right. right? So, that's right. And letting them achieve yeah. exactly what they want to. Yeah. That's yeah. 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 Oh, I love it so, so very much. <laughs> so cool. So let's let's just switch gears a little bit to you and kind of kind of what's coming up next for you. What do you see either for yourself personally or your company or kind of the bigger industry? What's on the horizon? You know, I wish I could say I was super optimistic about the industry, but I think a lot of companies still aren't getting it, unfortunately. And what we're seeing is a lot of teams, and I'm putting air quotes, which of course is great for an audio platform, but uh, <laughs> uh, a lot of CX teams are really one person who is expected to do the work of a team. Success is not well-defined, all of those things. So that's why I'm really excited about this CXI flight school that we started because it's for those leaders. It's for the leaders who don't have the resources, don't have the support, but really want to make change and like empowering them and giving them tools to do that. And so I think that when I look to the industry, my hope is that the C-suite starts getting this more and understand how important it is. My other hope is that CX leaders feel empowered to say the hard truths. And this is true for insights professionals too. Like 
if we're collecting a lot of information, if we're gathering those insights and nobody's doing anything with them, that is a waste of time for the customer we're asking and for the team that's working on it. And so let's be honest about that and say, what could we do? And start there because I see a lot of that like spinning of wheels. So I, and customers have more control. They are going to use AI to figure out different selection. They're going to use AI to tell them what it costs to work with your competitor versus you. So we have to be prepared for that too and really make sure that we are being transparent and honest with our customers as just like part of our ethos. Because if you try to just say like, yeah, we're going to put something on the web and hope for the best, but you don't really believe it, that's not going to work either. So that's what I hope is that people kind of tuck this in their heart and want the best for everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it, it, and it's so true because the collective knowledge of all of these, all of, all of this information, these LLMs, it, that is going to do the talking for us also. Like, it, you know, you won't make it into the consideration set if you are not you know, actively working. And that could be problematic for, I'm sure, a lot of businesses in general. So, you know, for example, when I was looking at places to go in the White Mountains, it gave me, a, I asked for only five, give me only five places to hike. It gave me five. So if I, if I kind of take that analogy and project it out to other, other industries or other factions where I might be seeking information and I limit how much it can give me, it's going to give me limited information. So that's right. That's an interesting challenge people have to really embrace and think about. Exactly. And I think we also have to understand that like AI is not going to be correct or perfect all the time. And so in some ways, we're already going to have to start realizing there's misinformation out there and it might be about your brand. And so like, what do you do then? So having kind of crisis management around that, and there are so many big questions to grapple with, but I think the more that we can start now and really tackle them, then the better off we'll all be. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. I just love this whole, love this whole conversation. (laughs) (laughs) I just reminded how much I like to talk to you. Um, And look, we're doing this without wine in our hands. I know. Next time. (laughs) We're so healthy today. (laughs) Jeannie, is there kind of thinking about uh, wrapping up here, is there anything that you wish I had asked that I hadn't asked you yet? Oh, great question. I think, I mean, I think we covered (laughs) a lot of ground here. No, I just think it's wonderful to make these connections between, you know, the insights professionals and the customer experience professionals and everything. So, and I just love your podcast. You're doing a great job. So thank you. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. Is there any topic, if you could, you know, if I kind of put you on the spot here and say like, you know what, here's a topic that I really need more information on. This is something that I am seeking to either learn more about or grow my knowledge. Um, Anything come to mind for you that's missing in your resources that are out there? What would you like to learn? Mm. You know, we do some work with employee experience stuff, but I would love to kind of be more connected, I think, and understand what are the trends there? How are people hiring? How are they connecting that to the customer experience? So that's something I'm continuing to explore. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting topic. I have been equally interested in sort of just topics of HR. Again, you know, if we go back to the Qualtrics event that we were at and we had, oh my gosh, what's his name from SHRM, uh, Johnny? Oh, yes, the CEO. Yeah, the CEO of 
uh, his first name's Johnny. I'm on a first name basis with him apparently in my head. So we'll just leave it. I'm like, anyway, I don't even get it wrong. I feel like it was Taylor, but I could have that way wrong. Anyway, you know, that talk that he was doing about what new hires are looking for and what or new recruits, I think he called them. And just this whole idea of, you know, how to be a better employer. I think that's been really on my mind lately as I'm, you know, obviously in management here and and lead teams. And I've always been interested in leadership as well. So yeah, I think the idea of the employee experience and, you know, the kind of what leadership's responsibility is for the employee experience, I think that is some a really interesting space. So maybe we'll go there next. Yeah. Okay. Let's do that. Cool. Let's go to yeah. another conference. Yeah, let's do that, please. You know, uh, no, it was really, it was such a great time. And I'm just so glad to have been connected with you because it broadened my knowledge base, which again, when you're growth minded, that's what you seek, right? So I love the wisdom that that you brought to me. Both wisdom and friendship, really, I could ask for very little more. Oh, <laughs> I I agree. We are, we are forever connected now. Yeah. <laughs> so how can our listeners reach you, find you, subscribe to your newsletter, share all the good stuff at this point? Excellent. Well, thank you for that. Yeah. Experienceinvestigators.com is kind of the central hub of everything. You can find our flight school there. You can find the newsletter. You can find that. If you like podcasts, Experience Action is the name of the podcast. It's like an old-time call-in radio show, so feel free to leave me a voicemail. The way to do that is the link I say in every podcast, but you just leave me a voicemail and I answer your question. And then LinkedIn is a great way to connect with me as well. And if you have a LinkedIn learning account, I think I have six courses now, and one is coming out later this year too. So yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Kudos to you on all of Thank that. And, and I just look forward to talking to you again very, very soon. Thank you so much, Karen. You're welcome. You're welcome. And when it comes to thank yous, I just want to thank Natalie, our producer, for all of the work that you do behind the scenes. I want to thank Jamie, our audio editor, for helping us sound so good. This episode is being sponsored by Dig Insights. So thank you for your sponsorship. And of course, all of our listeners, thank you for tuning in to us week after week and listening to some of the insights that we can bring to you. You you make it all fun just by knowing that you're out there. So I will see you all in a week or so when it's time for the next Green Book Podcast. Bye-bye. Join Greenbook for the 2024 Insight Innovation Exchange. This global conference series, also known as IIEX, is where connections are made, inspiration is found, and innovative solutions are discovered. With more than 90% of attendees using IIEX Insights to shape strategic business decisions, the return on investment is undeniable. Whether you're in Asia-Pacific, North America, Europe, or Latin America, IIEX is your gateway to the latest market research best practices, tech innovation, and strategies for transforming insights into action. Nurture your career and business with insights from across the globe. And here's a bonus. Use the special code PODCAST to save 20% on general admission for all IIEX events. Visit greenbook.org events today to learn more and register. See you there.